How's it going, everybody out there? Welcome back to yet another episode of Biblical Truth Central. It's Brother D here, and I can actually relax. <laughs> I can relax. Some people are probably going to be like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean you can relax? Well, you know, when I first started doing podcasting, I was utilizing my phone, okay, and when you, you, I had no idea, but when you use your phone to record, you know, things like a podcast, especially here on the Anchor app, there is no limit to the time period that you record, no limit at all, you know, if I wanted to make a, a show that was an hour, I could do that. If I wanted to make a show that was two hours, I also could do that as well. But since I started utilizing my web browser, it only allows you to record for 30 minutes. So I had to rush, I had to cram, and I just was not able to get things out that needed to come out for you know for the past couple of shows here and I just felt like you know if I can't do this the way that I want to do it then it's going to be very hard for me to be consistent with it because I did not feel relaxed with a time limit when it came to record I didn't feel relaxed at all and um it just really really made me want to cram things into a single segment now you can make part one part two but you know i I just really didn't want to go through the trouble of doing that i just kind of wanted to do it all on one shoot and not necessarily break it up because there's some people out there who just don't mind listening for a long period of time some of you are at work with your earbuds in some of you are driving maybe going on a road trip some of you may be on a treadmill doing some cardio or maybe you're working out or maybe you're just at home relaxing and you're just trying to get fed spiritually you know everyone is in different scenarios to where they can just sit down and they can just listen man so we don't have to worry about rushing or anything of that nature right now because I've figured out another method that I can, you know, I can put out what needs to be put out. The information and the scriptures and all of these links that I have because this is going to be a very informative episode here today. You know, we're going to be talking about several things. You know, I want to touch on, you know, what's going on in the world. I want to touch on the behavior of individuals out there, but the core of this podcast, we're going to be talking about marriage, and I feel that this is something that constantly needs to be revisited. We want to, we're going to be talking about that. Um, if I have time, <laughs> which I know I probably do, I'll touch on some other topics as well, like about what's going on in this world right now with the COVID-19 situation, also known as coronavirus, the conspiracy that is surrounding around this subject, and just some very informative information that has fallen into my lap from a very reliable source that I just want to share with everybody out there. But to be honest with you, I may have to just 
redo, well, not redo, but do another episode talking about that because, you know, the subject of marriage deserves a segment of its own. It does. It's not really something that I want to just throw in there with another topic. You know, if I have to record another episode today, specifically talking about COVID-19, then I will. But I think (laughs) knowing the Lord, when he speaks, you know, he speaks loudly and he (laughs) well, don't don't take this the wrong way, but he doesn't know when to be quiet. (laughs) When, you know, before I record videos or before I do a podcast, I always pray. And I always tell him to utilize me in any way that he sees fit to use me as a vessel to speak through me. You know, not my will be done, but his will be done. And whatever he wants the viewer to, to, to see, whether it's on YouTube or the listener here on, on um, the podcast, whatever he wants that person to intake, I want it to be from him. I don't want it to be from an opinion. I don't want it to be from um, my feelings or thoughts. I want it to be, you know, strictly from the Lord. Okay. Now, the reason that I really want to talk about the subject of marriage is because here in the United States, you know, statistically speaking, how accurate these statistics are, you know, who knows? But I do know what I see, and that's not a lie. You know, here in the United States, you know, statistically, over 75% of marriages fail. Over over 75%. You know, I looked into this months ago. And it's, it's, it's so sad that people throw in the towels so soon when it comes to, to getting married. I was looking at some of the reasons that people, you know, get a divorce. You know, one of the top reasons, I believe, was, you know, a lack of understanding. Communication, you know, these are the things that people tend to throw to the wayside. They don't really think it's important when in fact it is because, you know, each and every one of us has a voice. We all have a mind. We all have ideas. And when we share those ideas, it hurts our feelings when people just kind of ignore it or throw it to the side or act as if it doesn't matter. We take things like that to the heart. And I know that there are instances where people who are married who don't listen to each other. They, their communication is flawed. Uh, when there's a problem, they tend to sweep it under the rug without any type of solution. And they don't ever try to fix it. And in turn, eventually, the pressure builds up and the top of the bottle blows off. And commotion, anger, feelings, animosity, hatred even ends up coming out of that situation and then it turns into a divorce. There were other reasons for people getting a divorce. Um, Infidelity, financial burdens, financial reasons, money. Um, It it could be a lot of things. Boredom. I've even heard of people getting a divorce because they were bored. You know, Um, I was once talking to this woman a couple of years ago. And she told me that she divorced her husband. And the weird thing about it was, you know, 
she said that the reason she divorced him was not because of how he treated her, because he treated her great from her words, but he just could not get on board with the way that she perceived her life to turn out. In other words, you know, here's somebody who has certain expectations for their life and the, their spouse was lacking behind. Um, if, I'm, if I recall, there were things that he just did not take serious. There were things that he just did not give much mind to or pay attention to, better word. And she just reached a point where she was like, you know, I can't do this. It's like dragging dead weight. So she got a divorce. People, it's like they treat divorce like the eject button on a jet. When things start looking rough and the, the, the rides get bumpy and <laughs> things are just looking bad, you know, they push the eject button and they get out of the situation. They get out. And more than once. Some people have been married several times and, you know, from a biblical standpoint, that's wrong on so many levels. But this is one of those topics that the church doesn't really touch too much because you have to remember the church. I hate to say it, but sometimes the church can be a little politically correct. Depending on what type of church you're attending. Now, you have those churches that just don't care what they say. Or how they say it, or how you feel about it, because if it if it's in line with the Bible, then there's really nothing you can say. You're just repeating what the Word of God says, and you have those churches that just won't talk about things like divorce, remarriage, homosexuality. They won't talk about these type of things. Usually, those are your five hundred one c three churches with a tax exemption. They want to keep all of that money, so they're only going to preach sermons that may not offend you. And they may bring up sin here and there, but a lot of times the messages that they deliver are supposed to be highly inspirational, motivational, to make you feel good when you leave instead of trying to make sure that your soul is in good standing with God. I have a problem with that. I do. Because out of that 75 plus percent of marriages that fail here in America, a lot of them say that they are Christians. They say that they're Christians. If you listen to my last episode, we were talking about Christian conduct, which basically means behavior. How do you carry yourself? Are you bearing any fruit of the Holy Spirit? talked about that we talked about how there are individuals who claim to be christian but their hearts are far from god you know the bible tells us you know in the words of jesus himself you know many of you say that you love me which you profess you love me with your lips but your hearts are far from me you know one day god is going to tell people who say, Lord, Lord, we casted our devils in your name and we did this and that. We prophesied in your name and the God's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, ye workers of iniquity. Who are you? Yeah, it's a lot of people who are going to hear that. 
So just because people identify as Christian doesn't mean that they're Christians. But they just got to throw that out there in the statistics to make it seem like, well, heck, if the Christians can't get it right, nobody can. You know, the enemy will try all that he can to attack Christianity, to attack marriage, and to attack the traditional family. Those are the targets in this day and age. Marriage, the family, and the church. Satan is constantly trying to attack them, trying to get them off their guard, trying to get them to stumble, trying to make them seem defiled when that's an abomination. And he loves nothing more than to destroy marriage. We live in a day and age where we have two men who say that they are husband and husband. That's right. Husband and husband. We have two women who say that we are wife and wife or partners better of. You know that God is not going to honor anything that is an abomination. He's not going to honor anything of the sorts. The Bible tells us that a man shall leave his mother and his father and cling to his wife. And there's only one description of a wife, folks. A female. A lady. A girl. However you want to paint it. One man. One woman. And together they shall be one flesh. This is what God has ordained to be marriage. There is nothing anybody can do to change that. There's nothing anyone can say to change that. Opinions do not matter. Feelings do not matter. What you think, how things should be, does not matter. What God has ordained is just that. That is what marriage is. That is what it will always be. And that is what it will forever be in the eyes of God. No political correctness here, folks. This is Biblical Truth Central. We're going to always tell the truth in love. This segment is about marriage because it's to the point now. I, I have friends, you know, I got friends, you know, who are married. Or should I say were. And they've split and gone their separate ways. A lot of these individuals are like in their mid-30s, late-20s. You know, that generation that seemed to not really take the church serious. You know, it's not like the older generation. The older generation, you know, they take their walk serious with the Lord. But then at some point, you know, parents drop the ball. And not teaching their children about God, not teaching their children the ways of the Lord and how to walk in righteousness and drop the ball. And with that generation, they do not take things like marriage seriously. It's very unfortunate because marriage is something beautiful. It is the very foundation 
of life. The conception of life is from a man and a woman who are in one union with God, a holy trinity with the Lord. But it seems like most marriages, most people that get married these days, they get married for the wrong reasons. Maybe they get married because, believe it or not, they could just be infatuated with each other. Because a lot of people don't even know the difference between infatuation and love. Some people don't even know the difference between lust and love. They just know that they feel a certain type of way about this person and they want to spend the rest of their life with them. But then all of a sudden, things tend to go south after a year, five years, or however long. And they decide to split. You know, I know this guy and this woman, you know, they were together for about three years or so. And he's divorced. You know, this woman is actually was actually his second wife. And he's divorced from his first wife. And, you know, he got remarried. And, you know, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, you know, the, the, the Bible you know, it, it specifically says, you know, how we are supposed to conduct ourselves when it comes to remarriage, especially if the person that we have divorced is still alive. And like I said, this is a very sensitive topic, but I'm going to go ahead and spit it out. You know, the Bible tells us as long as your spouse is alive and you marry somebody else you have committed adultery and you have caused that person to commit adultery as well so there (laughs) i said it and it's not just me you know that's what the word of god says that it is what it is there's nothing that can be done you know you have to take it up with god you know not brother d here And, and you shouldn't get mad at anybody who tells you that as well um when your spouse passes away then you can you're free to remarry you know what's on you It's like, you know, the scriptures, you know, you have Old Testament, you have New Testament. And when when Jesus died, you know, that was the end of the Old Testament right there. We were no longer bound by the law. We were no longer married to the law because the testator died. But when he rose from the dead three days later, he was resurrected. Then began the New Testament. Then began the new covenant. Because remember, marriage is a covenant, folks. It's a covenant. It is a it's a agreement in blood. It's a covenant. Something that you just cannot turn away from you can't just quit you can't stop because it's supposed to be forever for as long as the part the 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 agreement that the the individuals that are involved with it as long as they are alive they're supposed to be in that you know they have those those vows you know when you get married you know what is it through sickness and health and till death do us part all that beautiful stuff right there. I think people, they I think they just say that. They don't even think about what they're saying. The reason that it says till death do us part is because it's a covenant. And until you die, that covenant is still 
there. It's still valid. Do you understand that when you get a divorce from somebody, through the state, you are technically divorced, you're free to do what you want to do. Remember, the state is not God. The state does not care about what you do with your own time. It does not care what you do with your life. It doesn't care. They just want to be involved. But in the eyes of God, you are not divorced because your spouse is still alive and that covenant is still void. It's still active, I'll say. It's, it's still alive. It's not nullified. It's not omitted. It's still alive. Just like your spouse. A lot of people think they can just move on with their life and do what they want to do and remarry and have a family with other individuals while the person that they were married to is still alive. You are in sin. Whether you recognize that or not. This is why this type of message is not preached in the church. Because there's a lot, a lot of people in the church who have been divorced at one point in time. And they have remarried. I, you know, I don't want to say everybody that I know, but most of the people that I know or have associated myself with have been married more than once. For whatever reason, the first time didn't work out. They got a divorce, remarried, had family, this, that, and the third. And it just blows my mind how people do not ever try to include God in their marriage. They just do what they want to do. They do what they feel. I think it was Aleister Crowley that had a saying. He said, do what thou wilt, which means just do what you feel is right. Do what you want to do. And then you have those influential friends that are like, you know, you need to leave him. Oh, he's no good for you. You know, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And then vice versa. You know, a lot of influence that comes in. You know, I can honestly say, you know, I have another I have another friend. And they're, they're split up. Both of them. I'm, I'm friends with both of them. Husband and wife. They're split up right now. They got children. And I can tell you, I, I tried everything I possibly could, you know, on both ends to help these two. You know, I tried my best to let them know what the Bible says about this situation. I've tried my best to pray for them. I've tried to talk with them, counsel them on, to, you know, separately, but it still ended up going south. It still ended up going south, you know, and, you know, it's not my place, you know, to tell anybody what to do. I just tell them what the scriptures say. You know, if you're unhappy with somebody, you know, initially the first response is, well, I don't want to be with that person anymore. But that is boyfriend and girlfriend stuff. When you get married, folks, you you can't just say, well, I'm tired of my spouse. You can't just say, well, I don't want to be with my spouse because you're just tired of them. Or maybe you got in a little argument or something or there's a disagreement or anything of that nature. You know, you can't do that. It's not like your your spouse is trying to murder you. It's not like they've just, 
stolen all of your money out of the bank account and, and blown it doing something. You know, the Bible says that, you know, God hates divorce. And the only way that you can, while well, say that he'll honor a, a divorce, really, is through, you know, sexual immorality, adultery. You know, if your spouse cheats on you, you have a right to get out of that marriage. You do. You can go. But you don't see anywhere in the scriptures after that that says you're free to remarry as well. It doesn't say that. It says you're free to get a divorce. But it doesn't say you're free to remarry. Now, if that spouse that you've been with that cheated on you died, then yeah, of course you can remarry. But even on the grounds of divorce... Because of sexual immorality and your spouse is still alive, you still can't get remarried. You know, there's a choice. We, you, you, there's only two options, actually. Number one, you remain single, which is very hard for people to do these days. Very, very hard. Because most of us like companionship. We love relationships. We want somebody to talk to. We want somebody to hold. We just want to be around somebody that we love and care for. You know, so being single is it's hard for some people. The second choice is reconciliation. Come back together. Fix this. Overcome. And then continue going forward. You know, I've heard stories of people who were married, who are still married to this day. And for lack of a better words, you know, they went through hell and back. They went through all type of storms. They went through financial hardship. They went through infidelity. They went through all kind of stuff. And they were still able to endure. Still able to, to conquer. Now, where those spouses were. You know, in their walk with God when they got married is another story. Um, there are some people who get married who are not saved. So the possibility of infidelity is there. There are some people who get married who fall away from the Lord. And things happen. But I find that when you get married, you need to put the Lord first. You need to make sure that you're on the same page when it comes to beliefs. And that can be difficult in some cases. You know, I can, you know, I'll get personal. You know, me and my wife, you know, we have been together for 16 years. And we got married in 2012. So we've been married for eight years now. So we were in the relationship all this time. But out of the 16, we've only been married for eight. And, you know, ever since I've been walking with the Lord, you know, God has showed me the world in a whole nother lens. And he's opened my eyes, he's opened my ears and different perspectives of life. And, you know, I try to share that type of stuff, you know, with, with my wife and stuff like that. But, it, you know, me and her are on two different levels when it comes to spiritualness and our relationship with God. We're on two different levels, you know. She doesn't really talk much about it. 
she's kind of private with it. I, you know, there's a part of me that wishes that she would open up, but you know, all of us have our own way of communing with God. We all do. Um, I guess you can say that I'm just happy that, you know, she's a believer and that I don't have to deal with her being an atheist or anything like that. Like some people, you know, you got Christians out there or people who profess to be Christians that get married to an unbeliever. You know, the Bible strictly tells us not do that. You know, do not be unequally yoked. What does darkness have to do with light? Nothing. You have nothing in common. You'll never find middle ground. It's just not there. The relationship is bound to fail. So making sure that God is first in your marriage, it solves a lot of problems before they even occur. It solves so many problems. When you have a husband and you have a wife that is both laser focused on God, that marriage is never going to be broken. Never, unless one dies. Anything on the outside doesn't stand a chance of penetrating that purity that God has created. That is supposed to be how marriage is, you know, that's the one that at least that's the way that the Lord wanted it to be. But just because people get married doesn't mean that it's ordained of the Lord. Doesn't mean that those two are following him. And if they're not following him, then there's a good chance that it could crumble. And with some of the marriages that I've seen from the people that I know personally, a lot of them are not. They have not put God first. They haven't. And they've decided to put their their um their feelings before God and act on their feelings. And, and then it's come back to bite them. And it's a very unfortunate thing. You know, you hate to see people, especially with children, you know, part ways. When in doubt, you know, you can you can fix things. You can fix problems. Problems are here to be fixed. You know, everything can be fixed, I'll say. You know, all sin can be forgiven. But I guess it's an individual thing, to be honest with you, because... Some people feel like certain things are harder to forgive than others. Like, you might be able to forgive a spouse for lying to you, but it may be very hard for you to forgive a spouse for cheating on you. You know, that might be, that's probably the hardest thing, if not <laughs> of anything that a spouse does to you. You know, because, you know, especially if you're a man, you know, and your wife cheats on you, and that's just... You know how we can be, men. You know, some ladies, there may be some women out there listening to this podcast, but, you know, when I say that men are visual, you know, men are very visual, and we like to play things out in their mind, play scenarios out, and they tend to make us draw conclusions, and we get bitter and angry. And, yeah, we just can't live with that. And a lot of people... A lot of guys, you know, that, that have been through that, they they replay images in their head. Even though they've never, they've never seen anything, it's just there. So, infidelity is very difficult to be, to accept as far as being forgiven. You know, some people can forgive, but then they just move on with their life. But then you have those people who are determined to make their marriage work. And they, you know, forgiveness is demonstrated. And they try to work it out. You know, my hat goes off to those marriages that have survived 
that horrible, horrible time period. Because there's instances where even a child is born out of the infidelity from an outside lover. That's very difficult. Very difficult to accept. And a lot of people wouldn't. But again, you know, we would just put the Lord first in our marriage. We wouldn't have to think, we wouldn't have to deal with stuff like that. You know, if both if both spouses were praying together and both spouses were immersed in the word of God, if both spouses were preaching the gospel, if both spouses were seeking God, it's gonna be you don't have time for nothing else. <laughs> you don't have time for outside interference. You just don't have time for it. And a lot of these marriages today, in this day and age, have a lot of cracks. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of leeway. There's a lot of margin, we'll say, for problems to occur. There's no communication. There's no fixing of issues. There's no solutions ever brought to the table. There's a lack of patience. There's a lot of things that go into divorce because trust me the divorce rate is not 75 percent for a reason for no reason i'll say there's a reason it's not just that high for no reason i mean for goodness sake we're, we're it's almost it's it's like saying there's a 25 percent chance which it really is 25 percent or less chance that your marriage is going to last you see these old people out here in their 70s, in their 80s, and they're still married. A lot of them have went through World War One and Two together, and they're still married. And you, you know, you just got to ask them, like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And, of course, it was a different time period. There was no social media back then. There was no smartphones, none of that stuff. There was no... Not, nothing it was <laughs> you had no choice but to be into each other i guess but now we live in the digital age and you know a lot of people are cheating on each other because of facebook and instagram and twitter and snapchat stuff like that all of these sites that we have up there's just so many doors that satan has created for people to open and all it takes is problems in the marriage you know, it's if it's you know if if it's one thing that I'll say is that if you do not give your spouse what it is they need, it's a good chance. Depending on how that person is, they'll go seeking what you're not giving them. Okay. Now, some people, especially if you're a man, you may want to associate that with sexual desires perhaps your wife's not fulfilling with women it could just be attention it could just be you listening it could just be you spending a little bit more time with her instead of your buddies it could be things like that when you neglect the desires of your spouse it gives satan room to come in and to provoke thoughts into the mind of the person that's vulnerable and that is dangerous. That's very dangerous, folks. 
this is why we need to be paying attention. This is why we need to sh to make time for our, our marriages because we, I, I as a believer in Christ, want to see successful marriages. I want to see people staying together, you know, as long as possible. I want to see people flourishing, thriving, giving stories, encouraging other people. Like my my neighbor, for instance, you know. Him and his wife have been married for over 40 years. And, you know, we've had conversations. We've talked. And he told me, you know, about the ups and the downs. And, you know, it was by the grace of God that he got his life right and put his marriage first. And ever since then, it's been great. But anytime you put anything before your marriage, you know, it, it's bound to, to crumble. And you just hate to see that because marriage is supposed to be something beautiful. It's supposed to be, it's, it's, God, it's God's creation. You know, love. Marriage is the representation of the church. Amen. It's the representation of the church. You know, it's the, it's the church and Jesus. We're going to talk about that in the scriptures in a minute, but I just want to put that out there before I get into it. You know, Jesus, the Bible tells us that husbands are to love their wives and as, as Christ loves the church. You know, Jesus is the head of the church. The church is considered the body. And as as in marriage, the husband is, is, is the head of the wife. And the wife is the church. We're supposed to love her like Christ loved the church. I don't see a lot of that these days. I see a lot of husbands walking all over their wives. I see a lot of wives trying to over overwhelm the husbands, trying to take over the role of the head. There's a reverse. And with this toxic society that we live in right now that tries their best to demonize masculinity and men, and celebrate feminism, putting women on top, trying their best to shame men in every way possible. You know, Satan, that's, that's just Satan's decisive ways. You got to remember, Satan does everything the opposite of God. God is light, Satan is darkness. God is good, Satan is evil. You know, if God wants things to be like this, Satan wants things to be the opposite of what God wants. It's always going to be like that. If God places something upright, then Satan wants it to be upside down. He's the complete opposite of God. And when and if you just want to get a glimpse of, of Satan, look around you in society. You know, we got transgenderism, same-sex marriage. Abortion, and the list just goes on and on and on. Things that are completely in contradiction to the Word of God, because Satan is a a, a living contradiction. I'm, I have some I have some verses here, you know, talking about marriage. And I took these notes a while back. I just never I've never made a podcast about this subject, and I felt that it was definitely needed. Because there may be somebody out there that's going going through some problems, some marital issues, and they're seeking out help. 
you know, and, and I want this podcast to be a blessing to them. And hopefully it will be a blessing to them because, you know, if you can fight for your marriage, please do so. So what is marriage? You know, we talked about this in the beginning. Marriage is the union of one man and a woman coming together as one flesh, sanctified by God. It's not two men. It's not two women. Marriage is only from man. One man and one woman, and that's it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 6 tells us, What therefore God has brought together, let no man put asunder. We are not supposed to let anybody come between us and our spouse. No woman, no man, no nothing is supposed to come between you and your spouse. And and truthfully, if God is truly in the center of your marriage, nothing can come through between you two. Nothing. But the only way that you someone can put a sunder between a man and a wife is if God is not in the middle. Think about that. Colossians 3 verses 18 through 19 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. There's people in this world who love to twist the scriptures. They love to cherry pick and then create false doctrines. The first part of this, I just read in verse 18 about wives submitting to their husbands. People love to utilize that to try to create some sort of dictatorship over females. And when women hear that, they get furious. They start to, they resent the Bible and they think that, that, um, Paul is just a sexist and what have you. But what individuals fail to do that read this verse, they fail to read verse 19. Where it says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against him. Yes, a wife should submit to her husband because he's doing everything that he's supposed to do as a man, as a husband. Being submissive means to be to voluntarily go along with somebody out of confidence and trust and out of the husband's ability to lead. That is why wives should submit to their husbands. In verse 19, the husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them. We are to love our wives. We are to honor them, treat them with respect and not be disrespectful, not curse them out, not call them names. None of that stuff. A loving wife will willingly submit herself to her husband that loves her and protects her and has her best interest in the marriage. Truth be told, you'll know that you're in good standings in your marriage if your wife, fellas, if your wife submits to you without you having to say it. If you have to say it, then that's a problem. It's a huge problem because it's like you are giving demands. And that's a bad thing. Okay. Let's turn to 1 Peter 3, 
verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay, <laughs> this is a, a verse that I have to meditate on a lot. This is a verse that I share, that I have shared with other men. Because it it really does matter how you treat your wife, guys. It, it matters. It really does. You know, the scriptures clearly tell us here that we are to honor the, honor our wives and be careful how we speak to them. And, you know, I bet, I'm, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that there are some people out here. There are some guys. I'm talking to husbands right now. Ladies, just, just listen. But I'm talking to the, the husbands. I'm willing to bet that there are some guys out there who don't even know that depending on how you speak to your wife, could depend on whether God hears your prayers. Let me reread the, the end of verse 7. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. If you give honor to your wife, your prayers won't be hindered. But if you don't, and you disrespect her, and you belittle her, God will not hear from you. He won't, he will not hear from you. He won't answer your prayers. He's just going to turn his head away from you until you've repented and you've come back to <laughs> come back to earth. A loving husband will honor his wife. He will not put anyone and I mean anyone except God above her. That means you don't put your mom above your wife. You don't put your sister above your wife. You don't even put your children above your wife because it's you, you wouldn't have any children if it wasn't for her. Your children are a product of what you and your wife have done together. You don't put anything above your wife except for the Lord. You are to protect her spiritually and physically. You know, respect her, love her, never be disrespectful. You know, if you don't want to hinder your blessings, I suggest that you that you really, really give honor to your wife. And I honestly feel that if more people were doing this in, in marriage, if husbands and wives were doing these things in marriage, we would see a decline in that percentage when it comes to divorce. If wives were sincerely submitting to their husbands and if husbands were truly honoring honoring their wives the way that the bible tells us we no doubt would see more thriving marriages but a lot of people have thrown the bible out they've shut their ears up to what god has to say and they've decided that they were going to do what it is they want to do it's extremely sad too ephesians 5 23 says for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Wow. Okay. You know, I, you know, brother D takes notes when he, before I do, do these podcasts, but what just jumped out at me was the very end of this verse here. The savior Christ is the savior of the body. 
Remember when I said a few minutes ago that we that that the husband is the representation of Jesus and the wife is the representation of the church. You know, Christ is the savior of the church. A husband should be the savior of his wife. How beautiful is that? Like how many wives out there can say my husband is like my savior? You know, he means the world to me. You know, I can tell that he truly cares for me. That is how strong that God feels about marriage. He wants us to take it to a whole another level. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When you see a husband and a wife, it is literally an, an illustration of Jesus in the church. How beautiful is that? How many people actually look at marriage in that light? How many people actually have viewed marriage in that lens? I just wish that people would know this before they decide to say, I do. I wish people would know this before they decide to, that they want to tie the knot. Because to some people, it's just a big ceremony to just show off. To some people, it's just companionship. But to God, it's so much more than that. And I'm, I'm just, I just feel bad that we have a divorce rate that's over 75%. That number is staggering, and I just know that those people are not viewing marriage in the way that God intended them to. There's just simply some people in this world who are marrying the wrong people. There's some people in this world that are getting married for the wrong reasons. And because of it, they fail. To see this go in reverse, you know, I, I don't want to be... You know, the bearer of, of bad news, but, you know, looking around, it's, it's, it's apparent that the world is crumbling. It's falling apart. And, you know, the Bible says that in the last days, the hearts of the, the love of many will wax cold. And I think we're beginning to see that. We we're already seeing the defiling of the church. We're already seeing the defiling of marriage. We're seeing all type of stuff occur. And, you know, to say that we can reverse it is, I don't want to say impossible, you know, because with God, all things are possible. But I think that we have to work on ourselves, you know, on the individual level, especially if you're listening to this and you're married, you know, just for yourself when it comes to marriage you can share the good news you can share the gospel but you need to make sure that your marriage is you know your top priority you know god being first keeping your marriage healthy and strong you know everything we talked about in this in this podcast you know take heed to it apply it to your life apply it to your marriage because god he takes marriage very serious 
But the thing about it is in this land that we live in, there's no fear of God anymore. And people do what they want to do. But I feel that there are very, very harsh, well, well, say harsh, but very just consequences to disrespecting God and defiling the marriage bit. But we'll leave it at that. Okay, so I obviously did not, I knew this was going to happen, but obviously did not have time to bring in the COVID-19 news because, you know, I felt like this needed its own segment. I really did. And we're already coming up on an hour, just about. Some of you have probably stopped listening. Some of you are fast forwarding. Hopefully you got through it all because, you know, whether you're married or whether you're single, I know that this can be, you can benefit from this. Cause, and if you're single now, you know, let this be something that you really think hard about before you decide that you want to get married. The person that you marry, you need to know inside and out. You need to make sure that they are saved, first of all. You really do. Because if they're not, then there's a chance that things may not go your way. So, but if you are in the person that you're interested in is saved, it's a good chance you guys might be okay. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's just whatever. It's between you and God, honestly. But there's a right way to do this, and there's a wrong way. We'll say that. So I'm gonna I'm probably going to record another episode later today you know i need to i need to get my energy back i need to get my second win there's some things i need to take care of with the cheat with the kids and i gotta go get my workout in things of that nature and if i don't do it today maybe i'll do it tomorrow um if i get some downtime so well i thank you all for listening tuning in um do me a couple favors please you know subscribe to this podcast you know we're gonna be on here pretty regularly i'm gonna try my best to get at least one episode up a week i've been pretty consistent for the last couple of weeks so um you know thank god for that for putting it on my heart um share this podcast that would help me out a lot you know share it on facebook share it on instagram share it anywhere just share it you know if you know somebody that's struggling with their marriage then just please share it with somebody because there's somebody out there that probably needs to hear this. Come on, 75% of marriages in the divorce. There's a lot of marriages that are in trouble as we speak. And they need to hear things like this to put things in perspective and help them rethink the choices they make before they make them. Okay. Visit my website, www.biblicaltruthcentral.com. Now there, you can write in prayer requests, you can buy Christian merchandise, you can get a free Bible. I also upload videos there that I don't upload on YouTube because YouTube is playing the censorship game now. Also, check out my YouTube channel. It's Biblical Truth Central. Lots of material there. Um... I've stated this on the video over there that the podcast and the channel are completely different and that I feel very comfortable on my podcast more so than on the camera. 
So the subjects are going to be different. So you're not going to hear the same thing here as you will over there on the videos. And you won't hear the same thing on the videos as you'll hear on the podcast. So if you want more Biblical Truth Central, you know, from a different perspective, then, you know, go watch the YouTube channel and also continue listening to the podcast. Well, I hope you all are blessed. I really do. You know, um, I enjoy doing this. I really do. And I pray that, you know, this has changed your perspective on marriage, because like I said, marriage is a beautiful thing and it deserves, you know, the utmost respect from the Lord. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you all in the next episode. Be blessed.